Welcome to Pediagogy. I'm Tammy. And I'm Lydia. And we're UC Davis Children's Hospital trained pediatricians in Sacramento. This podcast reviews common conditions in children to enhance our knowledge and the knowledge of other residents, medical students, and any other interested learners. With that, let's delve right into this episode. I was just on our newborn nursery rotation and I had a mom ask me if she should put her baby in the sun to help with the baby's jaundice. Yeah, actually, funny story. My parents, when I was growing up as a baby, were counseled to do that as well, which we will talk about, but kind of not a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, it seems silly for parents to ask this, but uh, it's definitely actually, you know, like you're saying, what they used to do back in the day before we had these advanced blue light phototherapy lights that we have now. Uh, so to answer this mom's question before I forget, the answer was no. <laughs> uh, like Lydia, you're saying, because phototherapy is so widely available in the US, the AAP doesn't recommend using natural sunlight as you need to leave your baby out in the sun for quite a while to have a significant impact on the bilirubin level and that does lead to risks like sunburns. Yeah, and that's a great segue into our topic today on the management of newborn jaundice. So over 80% of newborn infants have some degree of jaundice, so it's very common and prevalent. It typically starts from the top of the head, so caudally, um, and moves down the body. Um, So you'll often see scleral icterus first, but no one really knows why that is. Yeah, too much bilirubin will deposit in the brain, causing the big, scary kernicterus, which is permanent neurologic damage. Choreoathetoid cerebral palsy is very specifically seen with kernicterus, but you can also see other nerve um, issues like nerve palsies and hearing problems. Yeah, so a typical test or a pimping question on the floor is, where does the bilirubin deposit, Tammy? Oh gosh, I just paused. The basal ganglia. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That was scary. So you're on your newborn nursery rotation. And let's say baby John Dice is born. (laughs) Nice. I like that. (laughs) Um, The nurse is asking for orders. So uh, when should you tell her to start checking the bilirubin? Yeah. So the AAP recommends checking bilirubin levels within 24 hours of birth and at least every 24 hours afterwards until discharge. So at UC Davis, our standard is to check at 12 and 24 hours of life and then every 24 hours after. A transcutaneous monitor is fine to use when you're first screening bilirubin levels. It measures the amount of bilirubin in the skin. And as you might expect, there's some variation depending on the amount of melatonin in the baby's skin. You should assume that the actual serum bilirubin is plus or minus three megs per deciliters um, from the transcutaneous measurement. So if the transcutaneous bilirubin is within three points of the phototherapy threshold, unfortunately, you need to poke the baby to get an actual serum total bilirubin level and use that to determine if you should initiate phototherapy or not. Some people like to get a direct bilirubin when they first check the first theorem total bilirubin level to see whether or not they're dealing with indirect or direct hyperbilirubinemia, although the most recent guidelines actually recommend not doing that until at least three weeks of life. So it's also important to look at the rate of rise of the bilirubin. If the rate of rise is greater than or equal to 0.3 megs per deciliter per hour in the first 24 hours of life or 0.2 after the first 24 hours of life, then you have to think that there might be hemolysis or some other process that would require you to check the bilirubin a little bit more frequently. 
Yeah. And on the topic of hemolysis, isoimmune hemolytic disease, meaning ABO or RH incompatibility between mom and baby is a neurotoxicity risk factor. So at our institution, we standardly check all the infant's blood types in the direct antibody test if the mom is blood type O, RH negative, or has a positive antibody screen, because any of these are really good setups for mom making antibodies against the baby's blood. And that can lead to hemolysis and severe hypobilirubinemia. Yeah, I've seen lots of um, babies actually have this, and you definitely want to stay on top of it. So other hemolytic disorders like G6PD deficiency similarly increase your risk for hyperbilirubinemia and are considered neurotoxicity risk factors. Other risk factors include an albumin of less than three because bilirubin, if you recall, it has to be bound to albumin to be transported to the liver for conjugation and then the eventual excretion. So having a low albumin will put you at risk for hyperbilirubinemia. Sepsis and clinical instability are also linked to hepatocellular dysfunction, meaning your liver doesn't work, and therefore cholestatic jaundice. So that also um, is a risk factor for neurotoxicity. Yeah, and the last neurotoxicity risk factor is prematurity because the liver is just premature and not working as well. Yeah, it's important to know these risk factors because they lower a baby's phototherapy threshold. Billy Tool and PD Tool, which are not sponsors, are both useful online free calculators that allow you to plug in a baby's bilirubin level and the hour of life that it was collected at. And they tell you the phototherapy threshold based on the baby's gestational age at birth and whether or not they have neurotoxicity risk factors. Yeah, these are super useful tools that I use all the time. Um, what's really cool, though, too, about these phototherapy thresholds, as well as the exchange transfusion thresholds, is that they were actually recently updated uh, in August 2022 to actually be higher due to increasing evidence that kernictus and neurotoxicity doesn't actually occur until much higher levels. And also just recognizing that phototherapy isn't a totally benign treatment. So it has some drawbacks like interfering with maternal infant bonding and then potentially increased risk of skin cancer later on. Ultimately, however, these thresholds are still far below the levels that would cause neurotoxicity. And so the goal of phototherapy is to try to just decrease that serum bilirubin so you don't need to end up doing exchange transfusion or any other measures. Yeah, these online tools even incorporate the discharge recommendations based on the difference between the measured bilirubin and phototherapy threshold. So usually it's somewhere between one to three days um, before you get the next level. It's important to note, though, that these AAP recommendations, which is what the Billy tool and PD tool are based off of, only work for 35 weeks of gestational age and above. There aren't any official AAP guidelines for those less than 35 weeks of age, but some people will use the Stanford Preemie Billy tool, which is an online free tool, which is based off of the Journal of Perinatology Recommendations. So going back to baby John Dice, he's now 24 hours old and his bilirubin level is 15, which is above the phototherapy threshold for his 38-week-old body. So we start phototherapy. How do we know how long to do it for? And how do we know if it's working or not? Yeah, you should check a serum hemoglobin and a bilirubin within 12 hours of starting phototherapy. And this is interesting because I didn't know about this before, but the hemoglobin level check is to help determine uh, a baseline and also to assess for anemia. 
The transcutaneous monitors underestimate bilirubin in skin exposed to phototherapy since it's been bleached, so it has to be a blood level. I was initially taught that you can't ever check a transcutaneous after using phototherapy, but newer studies like one published in 2014, which maybe really isn't that new anymore, (laughs) show that you can reliably check a transcutaneous 24 hours after stopping phototherapy. This is really convenient in the outpatient setting where you can't reliably get blood draws or as easily as in the inpatient setting and um, is very nice to follow up on a baby who got phototherapy. You should continue to check a bilirubin level every about 12 to 24 hours and maybe even more frequently if you see that the level is rising pretty fast. And you can stop phototherapy once the serum bilirubin is 2 milligrams per deciliter less than the phototherapy threshold when you first started the therapy. So if a baby has risk factors for rebound hyperbilirubinemia, you should also consider some extra phototherapy. Yeah. Do you want to explain what rebound hyperbilirubinemia is? Yep. Just like it sounds like, it's when the serum bilirubin goes back up to the phototherapy threshold, and that typically occurs three to four days after stopping phototherapy. There's a higher risk for rebound if you started phototherapy earlier in life, if you have a hemolytic process going on, if your gestational age is less than 38 weeks, or you have a higher serum bilirubin when you stop the phototherapy, which makes sense. So for those babies that have a higher risk of rebound, the AAP recommends checking a serum bilirubin 6 to 12 hours after stopping and then 24 hours after. If they're at a low risk for rebound, you can check just 24 hours after stopping therapy. So say things are not looking so good for baby John Dice and his bilirubin keeps rising even though we're giving him phototherapy. If he gets within two of the exchange transfusion threshold, you should escalate care to the NICU, if you haven't already, for IV hydration, frequent bilirubin checks like almost every two hours, and possibly exchange transfusion or IVIG if he has an isoimmune hemolytic anemic process. That sounds terrible and scary. So let's try to be more positive this time around. So say instead, baby John Dice did well, went home at 36 hours of life, didn't need any phototherapy at all, and followed up with his PCP on the next day. At at that time, his transcutaneous bilirubin was just one point above the phototherapy threshold. So does he have to be really readmitted at this point, Tammy? I see what you're trying to do with this question. (laughs) Technically, (laughs) no, he doesn't. So some institutions allow home phototherapy for discharged patients, but the AAP recommends this only if the baby meets a strict criteria. So that means their estimated gestational age needs to be greater than 38 weeks, and the serum bilirubin can only be one greater than the phototherapy threshold. Baby has to be able to get daily serum bilirubin level checks and needs to be readmitted if the level is rising despite home phototherapy. That's really cool. That I think will be a really nice option for our super tired newborn parents. Um, and I'm sure it's really helpful for their overall mental health if we can get home therapy pretty readily available. Yeah. Um, but not out in the sun like what my parents did. Yep. <laughs> so... To recap this episode, for a newborn baby, you should check the transcutaneous bilirubin every 24 hours when they're hospitalized. You check a serum bilirubin level if the transcutaneous is within three of the phototherapy threshold. And risk factors for hyperbilirubinemia neurotoxicity include prematurity, ABO or RH incompatibility, G6PD deficiency, hypoalbuminemia, and sepsis or clinical instability.
Once you start phototherapy, you should check serum levels every 12 to 24 hours as transcutaneous monitors are no longer going to be accurate. You can stop phototherapy when you're too below the initial phototherapy starting level and you should recheck the bilirubin level for rebound 6 to 12 hours after stopping if you're at high risk for rebound or after 24 hours if you're low risk. All right, so I think that just about wraps it up for our little baby John Dice. That's all for this episode. You can find additional information in the podcast description and our social media resources. Please rate and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter at PediagogyPod. That's P-E-D-I-A-G-O-G-Y-P-O-D. Special thanks to Orlando Magana at OM Audio Productions for music composition and Dr. Su Ting Lee and Dr. Lena Vanderlis for mentorship.